God the Father is a perfect Father. And I want to just say to you today, as you, as you come around here, I feel like God is saying to you, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Because there's so much more I'm wanting to do in your lives. I've got such a sense of, um, I've got such a sense of, there, there's been, you know, I don't know about you, but I've learned a little bit about beavers. And beavers, I know, make a, a, a dam over a river. They, they When they want to build their houses, I don't know what all it's all about. But they they come along and they build up the dam and then they have their place to, 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 to do what they need to do. But the trouble is that a river is always, a river is there in order to flow. And, and, and God wants to, I feel he's wanting to do some work amongst you all and amongst us all. And, and sometimes there's, I feel as though there's been some beavers that have been around that have been trying to dam up the wall and trying to stop what God wants to do. And I feel like God is saying to you, but you don't understand what my river is like. My river will not be contained. My river will not be dammed up forever. And I feel like as you allow God, as you say, yes, Lord, as you say, Father, I'm wanting more of what you've got. I feel like that, that river that comes from the throne of God, he comes and he washes over us. And you know, I don't know about you, but we have floods where I come from. And you know what? In one night, the whole world can look different because of a flood it where the river just comes down and it, it can wash away it, it can wash away bridges it can wash, and I mean it's just a little bit of water but when water gets together and that's what the the word the, the, the flow of what the Holy Spirit does when he comes in his in his power it washes away all the nonsense all the the, the, the damming up that we do all the things that we think okay if I can just if I can just build a wall here then God won't kind of worry me. But God is in the process of worrying us all because he wants to grow us into something bigger. Did you know he doesn't want to leave you where you are? He loves you as you are, but he's got a journey for each and every one of us, a journey to greatness. Did you know that? And I mean, if I look at my own life, so I come from South Africa. I, um, my husband and I lead a church in, in uh, two towns and uh, we've, we've had great fun in the Lord. And uh, the church that I'm part of, they send lots of love. They part, they've been praying for us. So they praying, they've prayed for us. They, they, they're now halfway through the day, but they've prayed for us for this, for this moment. But I want to encourage you guys that their God has got plans for you. Don't look at yourself and don't say, oh, well, we're just in this little place and we're going to have a nice holy huddle. God's got more for you. Does that make sense? All right, you're happy with that. Okay, so now, and if you're wondering what all that is, that sometimes I like to operate in the gift of the prophecy. I don't know if anyone is happy or understands what that is, but basically all it is is when God speaks into our lives personally, or he might speak corporately. And so what he does is he can use the word, he can use the preach, he can use when we would pray, and sometimes he gives words. And sometimes God gets me to give little gifts as well at the same time I don't know why that's what he does so I go with the flow um, but he always the plan from God is always to build you up to encourage you and to comfort you all right that's what he wants to do he wants to see you be the better you okay doesn't matter where you come from he never looks at our past he never looks at saying oh my goodness look where she came from I'm never going to use her because she came from no he never looks at that he always says to her I see your future and your future in God is always brighter than it's ever been before. 
Does that make sense? Okay, so nothing what I'm preaching about. So I do apologize, but you know, I can get a bit long-winded, which is why I have a, a, a little clock here. All right. So today I would like to speak about um, having no place to hide. So even if you're sitting in the back row there, God says you've got no place to hide. Is that all right? Are you happy with that? Who watched that Mission Impossible Maverick? I think it's Mission Impossible with, with, with old... Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick. Sorry, I'm go I get them, you see. I did watch it. I went to the actual movies and I watched it and I felt plastered against the back wall because the sound was so big and the, 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 the adventure was so huge. And I just felt, so for so many of us, we love to watch a movie, don't we? And we love to have all the excitement. We love the adventure. We love everything, but we're happy to be able to turn our TVs off afterwards. We're happy to go to the Amazon and explore the, the rivers of the, the river of the Amazon and the jungles of the Amazon, but we're happy to do it sitting on our couch with our popcorn. And when it gets a bit too scary, when they show you those, those piranha fish, then, they, then you just turn off the, the TV and you can go back to your happy life. And so for many of us, that's how we see walking with the Lord. We, we, we're happy to see, do anything, go anywhere as long as we're in, the, the, in, in our own home. Is that right? Yeah. And we watch our children and they get involved in, in, in games on TVs and I don't know, all the techno stuff that you have. And so for many of them, they're busy building cities, they're busy shooting down all the baddies, they're busy having adventures of their lives, but they're actually sitting in a little chair in front of a screen and they're not actually really experiencing anything but God has got other plans for you God wants you to experience life in a real way and he doesn't stop he's constantly calling you and he's constantly calling me for a bigger thing and so many of us uh, we say we want to be used I want to be used Anyone like that here? You're saying, Lord, I want to be used. But just send Josh. Just send Josh. You know, because God says, I want you to go to India, uh, to go and live in Delhi, and I want you to go and live on the wrong side of Delhi and eat the wrong food, no McDonald's. And you're saying, okay, Lord, send somebody else. Isn't that right? Don't we often want to get that? But God is saying he's got an adventure for each and every one of us. And uh, very often when God does speak to us, we, 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 get it, we get into a place where we think, oh Lord, I don't know if you're going to ever be with us. I don't know if you're going to be able to work with us. I, I, what happens if I find myself in Delhi and you're not there? Well, I just want to encourage you from Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Uh, God is speaking to Joshua and he's going to send Joshua on a wonderful adventure and he says be strong and courageous do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God he is the one who goes with you he will not leave you nor forsake you he will not leave you nor forsake you so it doesn't matter whether you're finding yourself in Waterloo in Canada or if you're in Belito in, in, in South Africa, God will not leave you. It doesn't matter where you go, He will not leave you. He walks with you, He, he, he leads you, even when you don't think He's there. He is there. 
Psalm 139 puts it like this in verse 7 to 10. It says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that's down in the very deepest places, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I want to tell you, you don't realize, but God is with you. Jeremiah says it like this, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? Declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth? Declares the Lord. God fills this place. He has sent his Holy Spirit to be with every single one of us at every single moment. How does he do it? Have no clue. Don't ask me. Ask God when you finally get to be with him. Is that all right? <laughs> what, what, uh, are you, are you you've married? Yeah. yeah. What's your name? Wayne. Wayne. And your name? Leanne. Leanne. You, you were the one. Leanne and, uh, welcomed me now, Ryan. Yeah. I just really feel God has got a plan for you too. And I do definitely feel there's an adventure. And I, f I see you standing. And as, as you're standing, I see you standing, looking out over. Um, I see you on a, like a top of a mountain in a, in a high place. And you're looking over. And you're looking over the valley. And you're looking over. There's, there's an ability in you to see beyond. I feel like God is giving you vision. And, and very often you sit there and you can't understand why the people around you haven't seen things from your mighty perspective. And I feel like God is saying, no, that's me speaking through you and in you. I am giving you visions. I'm giving you uh, things to see beyond where you've seen before. And, and this lovely lady is sometimes the one that has to be your handbrake. I know, I know. But I feel like God is saying that he's put you together for a reason. There are times when you're going to have to say to her, trust me. And you, I'm going to take you on this journey. And there are other times when you're going to have to listen, where she says, listen, you know, we've got kids and we can't do it quite like that. I feel like there's a, there's a growing partnership with you two, where you're becoming into this mighty weapon in God's hands. I feel like don't, don't double guess your second guess yourself. Don't stop and say, oh, no, no, it can't be me. Uh, look around the corner. It must be somebody else. God's got his hand on you two. You hear what I'm saying? He's got his hand. Trust him. He's going to take you on place in, in adventures that you've never thought you could experience. And you don't have to be 20 only to have an adventure. You can actually be 70. All right. Does that make sense? There, there is a longevity in your life of adventure. Is that all right? That's good. No, no. Okay. So, sorry, sometimes that's what happens. We get going and then God starts cutting in on me. You know, because listen, he's heard this all before. So he doesn't have to worry. So I, I must just explain that to you. He, 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 he has got such a love for us. He's happy to send me from Belito in South Africa all the way here so that I can say that to this couple. Does that make sense to you? Because he loves us. He wants yeah. to speak to each and every one of us. Okay, so I'm getting back to the story. You, you understand? I get a bit carried away. Please understand that. Okay. So, I want to ask you this question. Anyone here who's tried to run away from God? 
So my husband came home from, an arm, from the army. In those days, we, he had to go to the army. Came from home from the army, and he told me that he loved the Lord now. And he was a born-again Christian. And he wanted to be a missionary. And all I could see was a mud hut in the middle of the Congo and me standing there having to try and live life in the Congo in the middle of the bush. It was not a pretty sight for me and I just about had a heart attack, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. And I started the journey of trying to run away from God. But God. <laughs> well, I didn't quite ever end up in the Congo, so I might yet get there. But that wasn't what God had in mind for me. But he did have full-time ministry for me. But at the time when my husband came home and said that, I was horrified. And I think a lot of us, when God starts speaking to us about stuff, we like, we, uh, God says, hey, I want to go you, you to go there, and you're in the other direction. And that's what happened to dear old um, um, of Jonah. Jonah was an Israelite, and he lived in the nation of Israelite of Israel for about 700 years before Christ was born. And uh, he was happy to just be Jonah. He was happy to do what he was doing. But he was a prophet. That's what the Bible tells us about Jonah. He was a prophet, and God gave him an instruction. God said to him, I want you to have an adventure. I want you to go to Nineveh. And we'll look here in Jonah 1 verse 1 to 2. I've skipped over one or two scriptures there. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Anyone know what happened? Basically, what God was saying is you're going to be a Billy Graham to the people of Nineveh. You're going to go there and you're going to go and speak to that city and you're going to deal with them. And all he could see was Nineveh. All he could see was how evil those people were. If you thought Hitler was evil, Ninevites were even more evil. They bashed babies against the, I mean, the, it's, Historically, you can go and look it up. They were evil. Okay, they were the baddies. All right? Now, God is sending dear old Jonah there. And of course, he does what most of us do. Never in a million years will I ever go to Nineveh. And he turned and he went in the exact opposite direction. Does that feel a little bit like, um, like what you would might do? Leave home. Leave your cappuccino machines and the cream. <laughs> and you've got to go to a place that, that is absolutely just not where you are going to be welcome. It's like telling a little Jewish boy that he's got to go to Nazi Hitler, you know, no, Germany, um, based on what ended up happening there. Um, I'm very happy that the Jews are quite welcome in Germany now. Mm -hmm. But um, in those days, uh, that was not a good thing. So, one, Jonah was called. Moses was called. Samuel was called. We are all called. The Bible says we are all called. Many are called. Not everyone is chosen. Esther, for the ladies, just in case you thought I was leaving you out, Esther was called. She was called to all she had to do was be the beauty queen. That's all she had to do. Because God had her there for such a time as that. Darling, you are so beautiful. 
Every time I look at you, there is just such beauty on you. I want to tell you that God is saying that there is a beauty inside of you that is even greater than what we see on the outside. And he is saying that I have chosen you. Don't worry, I'm not sending you to Nineveh. <laughs> Don't panic. But I feel like God is saying he has chosen you. And there are times when you look at yourself and you think, what have I got? What can I do? Who am I? And I feel like God is saying, you are my chosen generation, my royal priesthood, my holy nation. I feel like God is saying, I have put a crown of righteousness on your head. I feel like there are times when you have felt, um, I must just go like through the back door, so to speak. But I feel like God is saying, no, I've told you to, you need to walk in with your head lifted up. Because when you go, you spread a fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus wherever you go. And there are people out there that are needing what you have to give them. Okay, don't double second guess yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Just carry on being that gracious girl. Right, not girl, lady, sorry. <laughs> Some of our terminology changes. Okay, so dear old, um, dear old uh, Jonah was called. And Jonah, in verse 3, 1 verse 3 says, But... And if you know anything about English language, but always stops you. <clears throat> I'll do it just now. So Jonah rose and he fled to Tarshish. Now Tarshish, for those of you who aren't good with geography, Tarshish was in the very opposite direction of Nineveh. So he was going to put as many miles between him and Nineveh as possible. And it says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. This is a guy who should have known better. He tried to run away from God. He went down, notice the terminology, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it, going further down, to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. I mean, really, this guy should have known better. Joppa is the exact opposite direction to Nineveh. He, he tried to put as many miles between him and God, and yet God is with him all the time. And he knows it because he knows the scriptures. He knew that. But somehow his head told him he could run away. So number two, Jonah runs away from God, from the presence of the Lord. And I want to say this to you, friends. There's always a ship waiting to take you from the presence of the Lord. There's always that ship called sin that would try and draw you and take you away. There's always something that can get between you and what God's got the best for you. Did you know that the good that you might have now might become the enemy of the best that God can do with you? Does that make sense? So often we hold on to what we think is good. I just want to stay in Belito. Belito is the most wonderful place. We have beautiful beaches. It, the, the weather is never below, never below 10 degrees. In fact, most of the time it's above. So it's most of the times everybody is sweltering. But it's a lovely swelter because you can jump into the sea and swim. So who would want to leave Belito? It's got every shop you can imagine. The airport is 10 minutes away. What more does a person want? 
But if God sends us, then that can become the very thing that holds us back from the best that God has for us. Does that make sense to you? I want to encourage you guys, don't hold on to what you think is good when God has got something better for you. So he runs away from the presence of, of the Lord. Jonah 1 verse 4 to 6 says this, But the Lord hurled a great wind. Sorry, who did it? The Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. <clears throat> I thought God was nice. I thought he did all nice things for us. I thought he was a good father. Yes, sometimes the good father is the one that has to make things a little bit difficult so that you learn to trust him. That's how, he, that's how this works. And there was a mighty tempest on the, on the sea so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid and each cried out to his God. So each one had their own gods. They had however many there were and they cried out to their gods. They hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the sea of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. I mean, really, there was apparently rain last night, and apparently there was a big wind, and there was quite a storm, and I slept through everything. I don't, did anyone else? I don't know if you had a storm here. We, apparently, we, did you? Well, I slept through the whole thing. I did not hear a thing. So that's exactly what dear old Jonah was doing. He was having a good sleep, and uh, it says... The captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out, Hey, you can't just come onto my ship and just be part of the passengers. You better get out of your bed and go and call on to God. Go call and find out what God has got for, for us. Perhaps the God will give you a thought to us that we may not perish. So Jonah went down into Joppa, and he went down to sleep in the innermost part of the, the ship. And then the storm raged and the sailors tried to lighten the load. And they called to their gods. And they tried to lighten the ship. And things were desperate. And dear old jo Jonah stepped. And then again, Jonah is told to arise. So remember, God said, arise, Jonah. Now the ship's captain says, hey, Jonah, get up. Arise. Call out to your God. Number three, God pursues Jonah. And now we start seeing that what it is to fall into the hands of our living God. <laughs> yeah, God is good. The storm you're in, maybe you're going through a storm. And maybe you've decided that's got to be Satan because God is so nice, he'll never do anything nasty to me. Well, maybe God is putting you in a situation, allowing you to feel the squeeze so that he can, you, you're more open to him. We had a friend in our church um, a few years ago, and he used to pray these prayers, Lord, lean on so-and-so. And we would all be like, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. But he wanted, he was a determined that that person would come to know Jesus. And he didn't care how God got him there, even if he pulled him by the scruff of his neck and got him into the kingdom. So he would constantly be praying things like, Lord, lean on him. And so, and... The amazing thing is this man, so often the people he wanted to have be lent on were the people that did come to know the Lord. So I want to just encourage you there, is that God hears your prayers when you start praying. 
So, let's get back to the story. Maybe you are in that place where God it feels like God is something is leaning on you. Some maybe things are not going. Maybe maybe things at work are not going so well, and there is this 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 pushing in that. And I just want to encourage you now: do yourself a favor, turn to the Lord. Don't turn from Him, turn to Him. Hebrews twelve. From verse 5, halfway through five, verse 5 to 6, it says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. He chastises us. He doesn't do it so that he can harm us. He does it because he's got a better plan for us. He's always got, just as parents always want their children to grow up the best. They don't want their children to grow up as, as useless parts of society. They want them to be a, 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 a person who will add value to society. So you, you teach them their manners. You teach them when you say no, then, then it's no. You teach them that they must go to school. You don't say, well, do whatever you want and see you when you're 21. You're training them. And God does the same thing for us. He's constantly on our case. He doesn't let go. And listen here, he doesn't get to a, a cutoff date. He doesn't say when you're 60, you don't worry, now you can do your own thing. He carries on. Even when you're 80, he will still be leading you as a father because that's what fathers are about. I, so I had a father and he was 92 when he passed away. And he would still tell me to wash my hands. If he saw me, I'd been playing with the dog or something, and I was all of 60 already, and he would say, now, Tanya, go and wash your hands. I said, Dad, I'm 60 years old. I should know that by now. But that's what, I don't know, do you have fathers like that or parents like that? Oh, man. And he's saying, don't you know by now? Surely I've got the, the message. But that's what fathers do. They constantly are training, constantly are teaching. They don't have to train in the same way when you've got a little three-year-old, but you're still telling your son, hey, my boy, this is how you change a spark plug in a car. Hey, come on, let me show you how to change a wheel. Or I don't know what even boy, fathers do with boys. I had boys, so that's why I know all these things. Okay, all right, so, so even prophets sometimes want to run away and, and need to be disciplined. Even prophets, even those guys that you look at and you watch them on TV and you think they are the big who's who in the zoo. Um, those are the big, oh gosh, if it's a, I don't know who your favorite uh, preachers are, but you know, you look at them and you think they're marvelous. Well, even God has to work with them. He, that's how he works. So now we see this, Jonah surrenders. So God uses the sailors to remind Jonah that he is a son of God. Jonah 1 verse 8 to 12 says, Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? What do you do for a living? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? Now listen to what he says. This is Jonah talking. He says, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. The God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid. And they said to him, what is this that you have done? Oh my goodness. 
For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Oh, by the way, over coffee, I just want to let you know, I'm actually running away from God. <laughs> now the chips are down. Now things are going pear-shaped. And they remember that. They said, hey, wait a minute. You said you were running away from God, your God. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Can you just imagine this? He said to them, pick me up. Why he didn't just jump up and jump in the sea? I don't know. But he says to them, you pick me up. You pick me up and you hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will be quiet down for you. And I know this is because of me, that this great tempest has come. Finally, ding dong, the lights are going on with dear old Jonah. And he recognizes his sin and he realizes that his sin could kill others. And you see, that's the nature of sin. Sin is never there just for you. There's always fallout when there's sin. Whenever we get involved in things that are not righteous, whenever we go into things that are against what God wants, there's always going to be fallout. I don't know why, but that's how it works. And the Bible says this, that they threw him overboard. These pagans throw him overboard, but, and listen to what happens. Jonah 1 verse 16, it says, The sailors feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord, not to their gods, to the Lord, and they made vows. So even in this terrible situation, even when things are going absolutely awful, these people find God. Isn't that a fantastic thing? Friends, even if you have done the wrong thing, even if you have gone down the wrong way, even if you've tried to run away from God, isn't it incredible that God can still use that thing and bring others to the Lord because of it? Isn't that amazing? I find that fascinating. <sighs> God sent a miracle to save Jonah even as he went down into the bottom of the sea. And we know that the fish swallowed him. And we know somehow he kept him breathing. And listen here. Can I give you a secret? If you find yourself in the belly of a fish and you're still breathing, may I suggest to you it's time to thank the Lord. Because let me tell you, I don't know how you're going to survive in a fish if God isn't in the whole picture. Because only God can keep you alive inside of a fish. I've looked up various fish. What kind of fish could swallow a person? And there are, I mean, we all talk about a whale. We say a whale could do it. But the Bible says it's a fish. Now, whether it's a fish we haven't yet uh, discovered, because there's still animals in that that people haven't discovered, I don't know. But the, I do know that there is one fish that has apparently this huge mouth. It's not a very aggressive fish, but it sits at the bottom of the sea and it has a, you know, seems to be able to, 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 to swallow people, I suppose. I don't know. Um, that's not my problem. This is not my story. This is God's story. Um, but he, some fish was there waiting. And Jonah 2.9, I love this. It says, but I, talking of Jonah, says, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. Remember, he's in the fish. 
what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Suddenly he recognizes what it's all about and he allows God to work with him. And you don't need to hear the rest of the story because I dare say you do know a little bit about it. But he submits himself to the Lord. God hears his heart. God knows he's ready for the task. And the verse 10 says, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and, and it vomited Jonah out on the dry land. I want to just say this. Have you seen yourself in Jonah? Because I certainly have. I know. Because I go through these little moments. I know you don't. You're all good. I do these things. But I want to tell you, even if you do find you're running the other way, maybe you're hard in your sin, maybe you hit rock bottom, Go and make right with the Lord. Just say, hey, Lord, you got me. Lord, I'm thankful that you haven't left me alone. Thankful that doesn't matter where I am, you will find me. Doesn't matter where in this world of ours I find myself, you're there. No customs official can keep God from entering into any country. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are nations that will not allow the Bible to go in. There are nations that will not allow people that are called Christians to go in because they are trying to keep God out. But God has already crossed the border, friends. God is already in there and he's already speaking. And if absolutely necessary, he will speak directly to the person involved. I know of many occasions where people who have been in situations that where they're far from not allowed to have any Christian influence, where an angel has come and they've given their heart to the Lord because they've seen that angel. Now we say, oh, we'd love to see an angel. Well, I don't want to if it means I've got to be sitting in some country where I'm not allowed to worship God. But I'm telling you that there are, we had a friend, he went to Myanmar, I always get it wrong, Myanmar. He went to go and rescue his family because there they are not allowed to worship Jesus. All right? I want to tell you it's a serious and it's a real issue. But God. God crosses boundaries. God gets into fish's bellies. He does everything. And you know the trouble is with God. He doesn't just rescue you. He takes you back. To, you know like anyone playing Monopoly? Go back to go. Go back to God. God does. He says to dear old Jonah, Oh, by the way, things have not changed. I still want you to go to Nineveh. I still want you to go. He doesn't, he doesn't say, hey man, you messed up so bad. You're a bad boy. I'm never going to give you anything to do again. He says, no, hang on. Wait a minute. I told you to do. Well, we're back there. Let's do it. Come now, my boy. I'm with you. I'll walk with you. Don't worry. You'll get there. God has not forgotten us. Don't think... He will never trust me again. Don't think I can't, I'm just not good enough or I've, I've messed up here, I've messed up 3,000 times. Don't think I can't, I can't be used by God again. God wants to use you. He's got the blueprint for you. He hasn't stopped planning for you. Um, this couple over here, this, sorry, you two. <laughs> um, I really get a, are you part of this church? Oh, sorry. So I'm putting you on the spot. I do apologize. That's okay. But I just get such... Uh, Sir, I just see you. You're a get-up-and-go guy. I see you. I see you. You're a number one guy. 
I see that there, God is saying, you are my number one boy. Okay. I feel like there are times when you have not always felt that. I feel like you're like, oh, yeah, right, whatever. I suppose I've got to just go with the flow. But I'm saying, I feel like God is saying, I have been investing in your life since you were this size. And I feel like God is saying that he has been investing treasures in gold and silver, precious stones into your life that you are going to be able to give to others. Sorry, I'm pointing. I don't mean to be offensive. I feel like God is saying to you, he has not, he has not discounted what God, he, what he can, wants to do in your life. And I really feel it's, it's, it's God is God. If you think you can live an adventurous life, you can live on the edge. I feel like God is saying, I can take you beyond the edge. Don't think it's sitting and just being a good, goody two shoes sitting in the church looking like a, like a holy Joe and with a halo on your head. I want to tell you, I feel like there are, there are more adventures that men of God have done. They have gone into places where the Orca Indians have tried to decapitate them. And they've gone into the highest places. And they've gone to the most incredible places. I feel like God's got such adventures for you. And I feel like he's saying, I can use you because you're number one. I don't know if that means anything to you. But I just want to encourage you. Don't, don't ignore. Don't think it's, it's got to be uh, Christianity is a certain way. Christianity is everywhere. There's, God has, he has amazing ways in different, he approaches things in different ways with different people. Does that, you're happy with that? There's some that are going to be techno and they've got to sit there and they've got to be behind the computer and there's some guys that have to get out and do the plowing. That's how it works. Does that make sense? Okay, all right. Um, okay, so Jonah got called again. And so my question today, has God called you to a task that you can recognize? Maybe you were too busy. Maybe you were too scared. Maybe you were too tired. Maybe you had a good reason why you couldn't go. Maybe you thought you'd missed the boat with God's plans. And so you thought, well, that's it. It's never going to happen. 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him are amen, to the glory of God through us. God has not given up on you. He has still got a plan for you. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to say, yes, Lord, I want to be used by you? So I'm going to just, I'd like to pray if that's all right. Is that all right, Josh? Can I just pray? I'd like to pray, and I'd like to give you an invitation. Is there anyone here who's never met with the Lord or doesn't submit to the Lord, hasn't submitted to the Lord yet? If that is you, I would love to pray with you. But more than that, and those people, if that's you, I'd like you to come and speak to me afterwards. If you say, listen, I don't understand about this God thing and Jesus and all the rest of it, and I... I'm trying to get my head around it. Come speak to me. I'd love to speak to you. And I'm sure Josh would love to speak to you. But more than that, if you have felt that you have gone the wrong way, or you have realized that you have been uh, not, not walking in the way God has for you, if there's anyone like that here, I'd love to pray with you. Would you just put your hand up? I don't want to embarrass you. But if that's you, I'd love to pray with you. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want to give you time because God has got plans that are bigger than your plans. 
All right. So, Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for every single person here. I thank you, Lord, you have got a plan for them. I thank you, Lord, you have not uh, sidetracked them. You have not ignored them. You are not finished with them. You've got a plan to take them further. And I pray your blessing right now. And I pray that you'll reveal yourself in a, such a supernatural way to each and every person so that they turn and they walk in the right way. If anyone's been off the trajectory, bring them back onto that path, Lord. Anyone who's halfway on that, on that journey, Lord, remind them that there's a cloud of witnesses that are cheering them on so that they finish the work that you've got for them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'd love to hand over to Josh. I just feel, is there anyone here who's got a back, got problems with their back? Won't, would you mind? Can you come forward? It's easier for me to pray for you if you come forward. I just feel God wants to heal you. Anyone else? Oh, okay, no, that's fine. No, All right, you're going to miss out on lunch. No, I, I'll be back. I want to make sure I, I lock my chair. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else who's got uh, back issues that needs? Yeah, come forward. Let's just pray. Anyone who's got faith for healing? Come on. Let's pray for these people. All right. It's always the tall people that seem to have back problems. I don't know what it is. The shorties don't seem to have that. So... So, Father, we want to come before you now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we know you're a good father. And we know that you, if these girls have to go on adventure, their back's got to be right. So, Father, we pray, Lord, for a supernatural healing now in Jesus' name. Just as they lay hands on their backs. In Jesus' name. Just lay hands on their backs. In Jesus' name. And we speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. Every bone, every cartilage, every muscle, every tendon, everything that is required for that back to operate correctly. We speak healing and wholeness over it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Were your back sore at the time? Or did you, do you have a, I mean, so often with backs, you know, they sometimes sore, they're not, not always. Is there anything that you can't do that you can do now? Try Oh, you're a bunch of. All right. <laughs> you know what? God, I mean, Jesus had to. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. We say, Lord, release that. Release that in the name of Jesus. Speak healing and wholeness there. Bring life where there's death over that, over that back in the name of Jesus. Bring wholeness in the name of Jesus. Father, every area, Lord, we thank you. I didn't come all the way from South Africa just to just say nice things. But Lord, to see your power working in their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 All right. Okay. So, you can try it. So, if it, wake up tomorrow morning and phone somebody and tell them that you're healed. Well, obviously, if, if you are. Are you all alright? I know it's lunchtime and you're all dying for lunch and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. If you got more to do, do it. I just I really just would like to um I just would like to yeah, just could I just prophesy uh, is, it, is it all right? Are you all happy? Yeah. Not happy. 
Now, <laughs> sir, I don't know. I know. Is this the first time you've been here? Me? Yes. Yeah, this is my first time. Is it? Are, do you know the Lord? Are you a Christian? Yeah. Or are you looking at I'm me a, thinking, what on earth? Yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> is it? Okay. Yes. I really just, when you came in, I just saw a man who's, I don't know what your work is, but I almost see you a man, you've got all the boxes, and you've got everything in their place, and his hand is upon you. And he's saying to you, you carry the gold. You are able to open the door. There are people that are sitting in locked places. They are sitting in places where they have been in bondage. They are sitting in places where they can't get out, and you're the one that's going to open the door for them. And you go into this, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. And I want to encourage you with that, in Jesus' name. Okay. Are you encouraged? All right. You're going to see people, and you're going to know they're in bondage. They're going to have a smile from here to here, and you're going to know that there is a problem in their situation. And you're going to just go, and then you're going to just, there's going to be, you're going to have the key that opens that person's heart. And they're going to be set free. All right. All right. Okay. I mean, I think I'll, when I'm talking to people, I'll, I'll, if God shows sure, me. You can take another minute. No, 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 no. no I, just, I just, I get carried away and then I get, oh my goodness, yeah. Okay. Um, and that lovely couple, are you, are you a couple at the back? I better be careful. You're the, hey, you're the cook, aren't you? Are you the cook? Brilliant. You, you married the right lady there. <laughs> I, I, I really feel that, that God is, is uh, I feel that God is saying to you, you are a testimony and you are, you are the first fruits of an older generation. I don't know how old you are. Please don't hear that. I'm not saying you're old. But you're a testimony and you're the first fruits of an older generation. I feel like this church needs to be a multi-generational church. And I feel like there's, there's, there's children running around, which is great. And there's the, all the young upward mobile vibey people and there are the, the slightly wiser people and I feel like God has got a plan for you and I feel like as you work with this, these people you're going to see pe older people coming in I feel they're going to say oh if they can go to that church I, I can go because it's never it's never helpful to have just one group of people God wants a cross section he always does because he is a it's a family and I feel like you carry that ability to, to draw people in. And maybe it's got to be through your food, darling. <laughs> but I feel like there is something. And I, f I even see you in your home. I see you um, hosting people and inviting people in to have a meal or to, to, to come and have coffee. And uh, that you say, no, no, we won't go to a coffee shop. Come to my home. And, and you're going to sit there and they're going to pour their hearts out to you. And you're going to have an ability to minister to them. And I don't know what else you do in this church, but I feel like God's got a plan for you. Is that all right? Okay, amen. 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 Amen.